Expounded Universe, Season 22, Episode 15, The Waggleman Cometh, the book Star Wars X-Wing Race Squadron, by Aaron Alston. It's the last couple of chapters! Also, we wrote it in like 1998, okay? With your host, Jeff and John, let's go! Hey everybody, welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast. You know, really it's the fanfics discussion podcast once we get down to it, because we've done two non-Star Wars properties, and we'll do them again. You know, like someday. I'll do it again. Uh, well, as soon as I just let you, you wait. give you the reins again, which I'm not in a hurry to do. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm just, look, I'm just waiting in the shadows, what biding you, my time. What could you possibly have? We already did the one book you gave a shit about, and then Supernatural. <laughs> you don't like anything else. Oh, I don't like anything. <laughs> That's my secret. <laughs> I can't imagine what you would possibly be having us read. <laughs> oh, oh, there are options. <laughs> okay, good to know. We can discuss that another time. But yeah, uh, we're just now wrapping up Wraith Squadron. That's right. Last episode of the old Wraithy Squadron. Yeah, sorry we've missed a couple episodes. We've had some uh, travel-based difficulties that have messed with our schedule here and there. Yep. And uh, we're doing our best to catch back up. So uh, w- unfortunately, that means we're catching up too. Half the, th- the shit that happened in these last couple chapters, I didn't know who the fuck they were. <laughs> there was a part where... Where uh, someone pulled Kel back onto a ship, and it was they were named Squeaky, and it took me like a minute to be like, who the fuck is Squeaky? The fuck are you talking? Oh, oh, okay, it's their C-3PO unit. Oh, that's right. I've been reading a book over the course of months. Yeah. So And a lot of these characters don't get mentioned. Like, you can tell this is setting up for a nice, long arc of books. <laughs> where they're like, let's introduce a million characters and give all of them, like, maybe one thing to do if they're into it. Huh? Squeaky's whole deal was what? That he was kind of mean as far as as far as protocol droids go? I mean, the thing is, he has a whole backstory. Yeah. He's got an entire thing. He was yeah. like a hero that got a whole bunch of like droids out from fucking Kessel or some shit. Yeah, he helped he did the thing that that L33T failed in at in uh in Solo. Yeah, droid revolution. Droid revolution and like he was fully manumitted and under his own recognizance and he owned that bar on Folor base where they were. Yeah. And now he's like been reassigned to their unit as their their, what, their quartermaster. quartermaster, which is weird cuz it sounded like he was a private citizen and now he's somehow been forced back into the military to be a quartermaster serving active duty on a ship. Yep. And then also he's kind of a dick. I mean, I gotta say, it's weird to have that character appear in this book. And then also in these chapters, Kel's like, you know, no one can know if droids are really alive or how sentient they really are. No one knows that. Although we have recognized one as an actual individual with rights and property ownership, but no one knows. Yeah, we can't be sure. That might be a simulation of a homeowner. <laughs> uh, I'm a simulation of a homeowner. I mean, I keep saying Squeaky's a bit of an asshole, but really, given all the uh, the philosophizing that happens in these chapters, it'd be hard to blame him. No, if you're a droid and you're fully aware of what's going on and how everyone gets treated and led an entire fucking rebellion, and then you get back and they're like, hey, cool, I guess we won't put you back under slavery. And he's like... Oh boy, what a wonderful gift you've given me. Mm. 
the freedom to which all of you are inherently entitled. Wonderful. And you say you're going to keep creating more of us and putting us under slavery and putting bolts on us. Oh. Wonderful. I oh, love it. And I'm back in military service somehow, mm. even though I wasn't in the first place. Capital. Love it. Love everything about this. Yeah. I couldn't be happier. So anyway, we uh, we end our last chapter with what I believe was purported to be the death of Admiral Triggett as the uh, the hull gave way on the uh, like the transparasteel view screens of his bridge on the on his ship, the implacable gave way to a concentrated burst of fire from some TIE fighters. That felt kind of incongruous. No, all of the X Wings. Was it all of them? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, they, did the, rate, they did the same trick as before yeah. where all of the X Wings in the bay fought their or shot their missiles at once. Oh, ah, okay. They all got together and shot their missiles off. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, back got, to back. they got into a semicircle yeah. and then shot them into one space. Yeah. And then the last one to hit had to go in over there and eat the Star Destroyer. <laughs> yeah. That, and that, that must have been Fallon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll come up later. So, yeah, no, when last we left our heroes, they had set up with Zinge a little thing where they were like, ooh, we'll get those naughty rebel bastards, even though they're, you know, the legitimate New Republic now. And uh, they were like, yeah, we'll we'll set up a nice, cool TIE fighter base where we're manufacturing TIE fighters, and that'll get them to show up, and then we'll murder them. And, you know... They still don't realize that fucking the Nightcaller is not under their control anymore. Yeah, they think that Darillion is still alive. And that Darillion's a cool guy. Although, a we cool do hero. get... Trigget briefly last episode also had that moment where he was like, Hey, wait a minute, I don't think you're... And he's like, let me tell you how much I wanted to fuck saying I sard. <laughs> and he was like, that checks out, uh, you're check, Imperial. Yeah, yeah. All Imperials <laughs> wanted to have sex with that lady. <laughs> Everyone wanted to bone down with that incredibly crazy lady. <laughs> she was so mean, it was hot as hell. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, we, we ended with them doing a fun little maneuver and blowing out the bridge of the fucking uh, Implacable. Yeah, but it doesn't, as far as I can tell, kill anybody other than the Starfighter coordinator on the bridge. There's yeah, probably it, some people that die, but everyone with a name that was on the bridge of that thing is fine. Oh, yeah, because... You get a few people die, probably a couple stormtroopers and some of the crew that was there, but Trigget manages to, like, army crawl his way into yeah, he... safety, and I'm like, really? With, you know, the vacuum of space out there, you're just like, no, but if I get low, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's like smoke inhalation. You just, <laughs> just get low. It's fine. Uh, and he doesn't even do that at first. At first, he does an elaborate mime walking into the wind routine, and then he's like, wait, this isn't working. I guess I might as well abandon any pretense of being noble and get down and belly crawl my way uh, out of this situation. Yep, because, you know, there's not air the lower you go. Yeah. So yeah. it's fine. Yeah, the higher air goes out the air, the uh, windows first. Yeah. Yeah. So... Trigget manages to <laughs> just crawl into the foyer of the fucking command room. Mm -hmm. And apparently a couple people just weren't there either or had gotten out as well, including uh, his main crush. Gara Pedithel. The, uh, the person who had done all of his hacking and who he was like, ooh, I should probably have a sexual intercourse with mm -hmm. if there's time. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Penis permitting. <laughs> yeah. uh, but so she's like, wow, okay, yeah, this, uh, we definitely appear to have been betrayed. That was TIE Fighters doing that. And he, he just kind of goes, okay, whatever. Uh, have them transfer command to this room here. Uh, you, are our shields up? And he goes, no, they immediately took out the shields right after they took out our. Uh, yeah, the, the blast bridge. that took out the front section of this 
like the front viewport of where a Star Destroyer is, those big shield pylon things are right next to it. So he's like, yeah, that blast knocked out fucking everything. Yeah. Uh, he's like, well, uh, okay, then everyone settle in. We're going to be trading some cannon fire for a while. Yeah, I mean, we're in a fucking Star Destroyer. I guess we'll just trade body blows. Yeah, makes sense. Good call on his part. Uh, also, he's got a million star- uh, TIE fighters out there. He's like, look, just keep the TIE fighters out. We need to keep them engaged so they don't take out the base. Right now, our number one priority is surviving. Because- so bring the TIE fighters back in. Uh, yeah, I thought that happened in, like, because this bo- this uh, set of chapters is broken up into very tiny fragments. It's like reading old Shadows of the Empire. Oh. I thought that happened in a later one, along with him doing the thing where he dresses down one of his officers by, by fixing him with a neat little smile and asking him a dumb, sarcastic question. Yes. I mean, it all happens basically immediately, but... There's only one point where he cares about the TIE Fighters, because at first he's just like, all right, get us the fucking bridge up here and we'll do yeah. stuff. Yeah. But he also is like, all right, call the fucking TIE Fighters back in, because as much as it will suck to lose that base, it's going to suck way more to lose an entire Star Destroyer. Yeah, and at, the, at that time, he didn't even think he'd lose the base. He was like, look, that base is a TIE Fighter production facility. They have tons of them ready to go. They can defend themselves quite well. Yeah, they're supposed to have, like, two full-ass squadrons just on the planet yeah and then he gets one of his dudes to come up and give him a note that it's like sir they apparently infiltrated the base days ago and have taken it over and blown up all the tubes for launching tie fighters so there's just a bunch of grounded fucking tie fighters they can't go anywhere yeah and he's like oh well great yay (laughs) hooray for us yeah meanwhile Uh, lots of little vignettes of of x-wings flying around blowing shit up yeah uh we find out what the maneuver is that uh Wedge had to stay on the bridge of the Nightcaller 4, mm-hmm. and that is, he is doing a thing where he tractor beams the moon as he does, like, repulsor liftoff stuff, so that the repulsors are just blasting into the moon surface and creating giant dust clouds so that he can make it so that no one can get a lock on Nightcaller. Yeah, so he's flying around, basically tethered to the moon, trying their best not to kind of bonk back into it, while also still maneuvering around in there, because otherwise it's just a game of battleship. You just shoot in there until you see explosions go up, and you're like, great, all the all the turbo lasers fire there. Yeah, so, so they're, they're doing like little hops. Yeah, they're he's hopping like, around. All right, I'll tractor beam here and shoot into the moon, and then... We'll let that go for a second, so we start to move, and then I'll tractor somewhere else, and then we'll move over there. Yeah, so they're doing that to kind of obscure their location. And luckily, the third thing that the TIE Fighters and a couple of X-Wings managed to take out on the on the Star Destroyer is its targeting array. So while it can shoot just in visual range, it doesn't have any of like the heat sensors and uh, automatic Corellian Corvette detector frequency things or whatever. So they're just shooting blind into this cloud trying to uh, catch the Corellian Corvette. Yeah, most of the uh, like turbo laser things just have to have whoever is manning it aim it manually at whatever on just site. Look out the window, yeah. Yeah. So uh, even though they will eventually hit it, because no matter how big of a cloud of dust this thing, the uh, Corvette is kicking up, it's still only about a 100-foot-long ship. And it's being shot at by a mile-long ship that has cannons every couple feet all the way along that mile. So it's it'll eventually catch up to it. Although it is a neat idea for a maneuver. That said, it is a little. It, it comes off I think as a little. The nightcaller gets out absolutely unscathed. Oh no, it does fine. I just think it's a little funny that it does the part where he hits the button and has the control yoke come out, like in one of those Star Trek movies. I forget which one that is. Yeah, where where he's like beep boop, 
oh, I need a joystick to fly the ship from the captain's chair because that's what's rad. And <laughs> that's what cool guys do. Cool guys fly the ship manually. You know, it's not that kind of... In this book, they even acknowledge it's not that kind of ship. But they're like, but Corellian engineers put a, a yoke into the pilot seat anyway because that's neat and sometimes you want one. <laughs> sometimes they know the pilot wants to be like, ooh, let me drive it around a They'll little. They'll call this one the wedge maneuver. <laughs> There's already a thing called that. <laughs> Goddamn name that's a verb uh the antilles maneuver that's a super common star wars name ah damn it (laughs) you're the second captain of a corellian corvette named antilles in star wars history no relation no relation (laughs) so that's why he he's got to fly that ship that's why he's not out there fighting everyone else is out there fighting uh we get some vignettes of atril flying around with phalen along with i think it's jansen and piggy that are in the other two uh tie fighters because they're all out there. All the gray, all the gray uh, squad are out yeah. and flying around. Uh, of Atril watching Phelan. So we're getting a lot of Atril POV as they're flying around. Yeah. And, and uh, I was pretty sure they were going to kill her because it just made the most sense. I mean, they damn near did. They got close. But I, I think they did enough killing for their, for their... And plus, they do still need to replenish some ranks. Yeah. So uh, she's flying around. She eventually gets just a wing taken off by a turbo laser. And starts spiraling out, and Phelan yells at her. I think it's Jansen. Jansen yells at her to punch out. He's like, hey, punch out. She's like, uh, these things don't have... <laughs> I don't think you understand. This is a TIE fighter. How do you not understand? You are also in a TIE fighter. <laughs> this thing is made to die. <laughs> yeah, I'll press the punch out button that that, that uh, is installed on every TIE fighter. Boop. Oh, it's the Emperor's voice just laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> An ejector seat would have cost like 50 credits. <laughs> of course, this also cost 50 credits, but I think it's funnier. This, this way. is much funnier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, just. I imagine that the punch out button on a TIE fighter is just self destruct. Yeah. <laughs> just aims it at the nearest X Wing. It's like, you ah. have selected to aim us at the nearest X Wing. Well, <laughs> yeah, she starts going down. You're like, oh, you're going to die. Cool. Great. We've been calling your death for a while, but no, Cubber is out in the uh the Nara, little, the, Nara the fucking transport ship, yeah. and just tractor beams her and is like, Yep, here we go. Got Apparently, for some reason, the Nara is able to just sort of wander around this giant fight, and no one ever takes a shot on that transport. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, that thing's a lambda shuttle. Yeah. Which is funny because we have to have multiple conversations throughout the course of these chapters as new good guys arrive in the fray, and they have to be told, hey, whatever you do, make sure you paint you get target locked before you shoot at TIE Fighters. Some of them are good guys. Yeah, they have to send out a thing that's like, oh, here's the signatures for the TIE Fighters that are on us, so that when you see them on your targeting computer, if they're blue on your computer and our TIE Fighters, that's us. Yeah, but never a mention of the NARA, which is a Lambda shuttle, and you'd think they'd be like, also don't shoot one of the shuttles that's got our mechanic on it. Maybe they just didn't care. No, They're like, "Eh, that guy's not an X-Wing pilot, fuck him. No one ever takes a shot on that fucking shuttle, and I was sitting there thinking like, is that... Is that them being like, oh, that's a non-combatant, Must don't be. kill it? Or are they all just like, eh, who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> if he dies, he dies. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck him, he can fly around. We're, we're killing off at least one of the aliens in the squadron in this, this set of chapters, so we need, to, we need to get a couple of new crazy things onto our ship. Maybe a new mechanic could be fun. We could get a verpine. Ooh. Mm. Or one of those unicellular trash collecting things. That'd be fun. Yeah. Ugor. Get, let me get some big goopy guys up in here. Hell yeah. Or how about just a big pile of those bugs from that one planet, the Drox? 
We'll just get a big pile of them and that, that pretend to be a single unit in, in a trench coat. Yeah. And we'll just have that be our mechanic. <laughs> Goddamn bug mechanic. Whatever's the weirdest thing that Star Wars has to offer. Hey, you fix that, and then he just turns around and goes, I think I got all the bugs out of it. Ah. What up, what, what up, what? Also, I tell jokes. <laughs> that's our special bond. Ah, that's my thing. I tell bug jokes and I fix sex wings. <laughs> I'm a cool guy. Drox out. <laughs> I got big Drox energy. <laughs> I would love that, honestly. <laughs> I'd be like, sure, just do it. Use the dumbest shit available. Oh, yeah, we got our new X-Wing pilot, the son of Waru. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got a little tiny pillar of beef stroganoff with shields all over it. <laughs> and it's going to pilot. I'm ready to fly, Captain. Put me in there. How would you even get the controls? Ah, I got a dead Jedi in here that's got some hands that can stick out the front. <laughs> I want my call sign to be soup. <laughs> no, oh, that's already taken, taken by the other guy. Some of the Anzadi over there. Soup. Damn it. <laughs> uh, these Wraith Squadron books are great. It's like uh, it's like the movies where they add the, the ridiculous partners to cops. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, your new X-Wing pilot is uh, the go- the sentient ghost of a Force user. Uh, one of those early god creatures. They- we got Abeloth in one of these. <laughs> we got one of them star dragons. <laughs> yeah, Dween Wogween or whatever they were called. Yeah, we got we found a real small one that can fit in an X-Wing. <laughs> we got an X-Wing that we just taped to the bottom of one of those Oswafts. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely minuscule. It does nothing, but... They like it. Yeah, my name is Dursen Fenchelian Dune, cut tape to an X-Wing. That's my full name. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to fly. Ready to fly. <laughs> are you ready to fly? <laughs> <laughs> Princessica, where are you from? <laughs> it's his full name, Princessica. <laughs> yeah, so uh, lots of shit goes down. Yeah, so uh, we have kind of a couple big events that happen right off the bat. We get a split of squads doing things. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, one of the big ones is uh, Kel and Runt are flying around. And when they see the returning TIE fighters that get called back in. And there's, uh, yeah, quite a few. And it's, you know, a couple squadrons of TIE fighters, a squadron of interceptors. And bombers. And bombers. There's 72 TIE fighters heading their way. And Kel loses it. Yeah, at first he's pretending that his ship doesn't work. He's like, "Oh, I've got, I've got a malfunction. My stick won't move. I can only point away from battle. <laughs> I have to go now. My planet needs me." And Runt's like, "All right, well, what does the diagnostic say? What's going on? Uh, Is my it Astromech says you're perfect?" And he's like, "Well, I'm looking at the side of you. Uh, you have some like debris damage, but nothing that would actually cause that. What What does your R2's diagnostic say?" And he's just like. Please don't make me tell you that I'm a coward. <laughs> I I uh, I have to go. So he just flies off and has his big moment that the book's been leading up to where he has to be introspective and, and kick himself for, for well, fading in the same way his father did. Runt, eventually, when they get far enough out... And multiple chapters later. He's like, well, not multiple chapters. We only have the fucking two chapters. Oh, yeah. Two and a half chapters later. Yeah. Yeah. When the book was already uh-huh. over. It was, it was, yeah, it was in the epilogue. A <laughs> yeah. postscript. <laughs> It was, the it was in my head cannon. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he flies out there and Runt eventually, after Kel just sort of gets away from combat and, and then 
just like, oh, now I'm I'm good, and we could, hey, Runt, we could go. And then he gets a lock, and he's like, Runt, are you going to kill me? And he's like, no, I was just getting your attention. I'm yeah. letting you know. I'm going to go back. You do whatever you got to do, man. But uh, I hope the good brain, I hope Kel takes control instead of the bad brain that currently is in control. Yeah, you shouldn't be being flown by bad brains. That's like a music thing. <laughs> you got bad brains. <laughs> You're hanging bad brain. <laughs> So yeah, run, run. He's like, "Don't run! You'll die in there. That's a that's a terrible fight where we will all die. I'm scared." And Runt's like, "Yeah, but, but we're an X-wing pilot, and we're gonna go do this because we rule." Okay, bye, <laughs> bye. I'm good at my job. Bye. Yeah. So he tur- they turn and fly back into battle, and we get a long, boring monologue for Kel, where he's like, "I'm scared of things, and I'm just like my father, and I knew I would be." And I'm like, "It's weird because he has been unfailingly brave." Yeah, it, I mean, I I get it. They want to close off a neat little story arc about how he's worried he's going to end up like his dad, except that they never once actually had him freeze up in combat or anything prior to this moment. Yeah, they had a... Weirdly, they keep building to this. They're like, oh, it's not that all the missions he goes on get somehow progressively more stressful, although, you know, this could arguably be the most. Yeah, it's definitely a, type, a Star Destroyer takedown mission. But... Every time it's just like, all right, you got to do this mission. He's like, all right, I'm fine with it. And then they realized about three quarters of the way through the book that they wanted to do this like character arc and went, oh shit, I've got to have him in a mission go like, oh, I tense up a little bit. Anyway, I go fly normal because I have to for this. Yeah. But then just randomly right now, he's like, oh, I saw a bunch of TIE fighters and now I lose my shit entirely and leave so that I can sit there and be like, oh, someone's going to have to chase me down and maybe they'll kill me maybe it'll be jansen and it'll come full circle like my dad or maybe it'll be tyria <gasps> wait i love tyria god <laughs> damn it yeah he realizes that his love for tyria is sufficient for him to no longer be afeard and he he uh turns if i and- if i leave then tyria is in danger and yeah. i won't be able to save her if she like gets a man hurt, does if her if she gets hurt in this mission and i didn't stop it then her scars will be like my signatures burned into her flesh if i force her to come kill me then she's already lost everyone and if she has to also kill me the person she loves mm-hmm. then that will be the worst thing that ever happens to her my death will be the worst thing that ever happens to her yeah. not the entire loss of her planet and all of the people that she knows yeah me dying because i'm the main character yeah and if you're curious what tyria is up to so are we she gets she does nothing in this set of chapters but be his emotional anchor yeah tyria has i think one moment she's flying around with donos or she's like Hey, uh, I think she even sees fucking uh, Atrol going down. Is like, hey, somebody go get Atrol. <laughs> yeah, someone rescue Atrol, please. So somebody go get Atrol. Uh, yeah, and then that's it. She just does not appear with a speaking line for the rest of the book. Yeah, she doesn't have any more lines. We get a description of how good she looks in a bikini. Oh yeah, but we don't. We, but we aren't going to listen to her talk anymore. She's fulfilled her role as a as a. Uh, as a lady that can spur a man to action. Yeah, I mean, I guess, thankfully, they didn't fridge her. <laughs> no, we had to fridge someone else. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, because it wasn't used to spur anybody to do anything. Uh, a little bit. A eh, little bit. Remember that really. she was dating Donos at the end. Then. Yeah, but Donos didn't care. He already wanted to kill Trigget. <laughs> That's true. So it's more like she's turned the, the temperature on the fridge down a little bit. That it was already, <laughs> the fridge had already existed. <laughs> 
he had a pretty crowded ice box, and and they had to move some stuff out of the way to make her fit in there. Yeah, somebody's heinies were crowding yeah. his ice yeah. box. Yeah, so they had to they had to kind of wedge her in sideways so that she would like lie on, awkwardly on top of some salad bags Ugh. into the fridge. By the way, Phelan dies. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Phelan dies because while he is off, uh, while Kel is off doing his own like, oh, woe is me. And oh wait a minute! I love Tyria. Now I'm fine, and I'll never be scared again. We mm-hmm. uh, we have another moment where Grinder and uh, Phelan are flying around, and Grinder's like, "Hey, just so you know, you guys did a shitload of damage to the underbelly of the Implacable. Yeah, such that there's kind of a big hole here where the power generators are, and you can't." see it because you're in a big dust cloud and are firing blind, mostly just on the silhouette. But I'm going to give you the coordinates and tell you where to fire so that you can fire into the hole and fuck this dude up. Yeah, and first, at first, uh, Wedge is like, look, that doesn't matter anymore. Like, there's way more TIE fighters out there than you guys have control to manage, so Grinder, get the shit out of there. And he's like, uh, no. And basically Wedge is like, Grinder's trying to kill himself, whatever. They all, all TIE fighter, or all X-Wing pilots are always doing that. Uh, fine. Lock in on the coordinates he's giving us and shoot. So they shoot and widen the hole. And Phelan's like, wait a minute. I think I could fit in there. She's in a TIE fighter, so maybe she could. Yeah. And at this point, they're like, oh, well, there was a hole in there. You've blown it open a bit. And you've blasted some of the power cells that are here. Mm -hmm. But your angle isn't going to be hitting any of the other ones. If you try to move to where they are, you're just going to be hitting armor again. Yeah, or interior bulkheads. You might poke a hole right through the ship, but you'll never actually stop it. Yeah, because it's like, oh, the hole's over here, and the rest of the power cells are like 50 yards to the left where there is not a hole. Yeah. So she's like, oh, well, I'll just go in and shoot at it directly from inside. Yeah. And Wedge is like, no, fucking don't. That's dumb and stupid. Don't do that. You will die. That's bad. And she's like, Oh, sorry, you're breaking up. Yeah, rub my gloves together. Oh, I think we're in a tunnel. (laughs) Uh, You're breaking up. I can't hear you. I think we're going through a tunnel or the interior of a Star Destroyer, (laughs) which is Space's Tunnel. Uh, Also, Exogorths. (laughs) Exogorths. Space's Tunnel. Uh, so yeah, she flies up inside the Star Destroyer and starts she just shooting. Gets shit. up in its guts and, and starts dancing around. Grinder follows. <laughs> so inappropriate. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Grinder follows her in there just to kind of keep an eye on things. Yeah, they're both shooting at power cells and shit in there, just yeah. trying to power down the whole thing. Because at this point, like Trigget from the makeshift bridge is like, yeah, it's fine. You know, he has the little. Thing where one of the pilots is like, oh, what maneuvers should we do? And he's like, hey, let me ask you a question. Do you remember when you told me that we don't have shields? Yeah. Yeah. It okay. doesn't matter what maneuver we do. It's all down. They can shoot whatever the fuck they want. Who cares? Yeah. Just let them hit our incredibly thick armor, whatever. And yeah. he's like, oh, okay. So yeah, that's why uh, Phelan wants to go up and turn the power off because they're like, we could spend all day shooting our shitty lasers at this fucking thing, and it won't matter. Eventually, like, 70 fucking TIE fighters and all of the guns on this will kill us. Yeah. <clears throat> so, the easiest, quickest way to do this, uh, Phelan's just like, let me just turn off the power. 
Yeah, we'll just get in there and shut this thing down from the inside. Then it'll crash on top of the uh, the night caller, and that'll be hilarious. And me, <laughs> I'm gonna die from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on, but we can just resolve storylines individually. She gets in there and is all thinking to herself while she blasts away at chunks of the inside of this Star Destroyer's power network. That finally she's accomplished her personal life goal. She's the first one to do something. Yep. As far as she knows, she's the first person to fly up inside of a Star Destroyer and start shooting around in its guts. Although, I mean, I don't want to ruin her, her thunder, but I can think of like two other characters that have done oh, that. I can think other... of an Exegorth that got up in the, those guts <laughs> and started shooting around. You know what I'm saying. I mean, that's Exegorth guts. She doesn't, she's not trying to claim to be the first Millennium Falcon. No, I'm saying an Exegorth fucked a Star Destroyer. <laughs> But flying around inside of superstructures like this is so not rare that hell Wedge is famous for having done it, and he's he's her commanding officer. That was a star. That was Death Star, but still, yeah. But but you still, know, yeah. yeah. No one's done it for a Star Destroyer, as far as she knows. Yeah. So she's up there exulting in the in the notion that she's finally the first at something. She's the I, best. I'm so good at this, and indeed, they do manage to shoot enough of the power that it does straight up shut this fucking thing down. But Here's the funny thing. When you shut all the power off to a giant fuck-off starship, it begins to fall. Well, I mean, ordinarily it wouldn't because no. it'd just be in space. But since it's in orbit around the moon of Ession, the, the planet that they're all fight, this whole dumb climax is taking place over, it instead begins to slowly get pulled into Ession's moon. Yep. Uh, and uh, she's like, all right, well, time to fuck off. Oh, no, my big stupid wings. Yeah, her big dumb octagon wings got caught on some bit of hanging debris in there so she's stuck inside the belly of the star destroyer grinder who's up in there with her is like hey let me try and help you somehow and she's like no get out of here and he's like what what are you talking about i'm not sacrificing you for no reason and she goes well first of all you're not you can't help me you're in a x-wing that doesn't have hands and second you're in my fucking way i can't get out if you're parked there in the en in the exit yeah you're not going to be able to do anything and if i can do something I'm not going to be able to with you sitting there, so just get out and I'll follow you. So Grinder flies right back out of there, but as he's flying out, he clips one of those laser pylon things on the edges of X-Wing wings against one of the walls or some falling debris or something and goes into a flat spin. He managed to recover, he's doing all right, and then one of the turbo lasers gets him. So he just yeah. dies ignominiously. He doesn't some realize fucking... any life goal or nothing. No, some fucking gunner just vaporizes his ass with a, like cannon from a capital ship uh -huh. and he is done yeah we don't have a whole big big sequence where he's like finally i've achieved it the ultimate hacking prank or whatever my motivation was <laughs> whatever my whole deal was mm. oh no that's why we had to spend those several chapters with my dumb prank shit because i was going to die yeah, and we needed exactly. to have some business i had to have some kind of a story before i went out so there, there it was. I hope you all enjoyed it, and uh, then I'm going to. I hope you enjoyed hearing it as much as I enjoyed telling it. <laughs> so he's dead, and meanwhile, everyone else is yelling at Phelan to get out, but she's like, "I can't. I'm stuck in here." She's tried really hard to actually get out. She doesn't want to go down with the Star Destroyer. No, and but Jansen is like, "I'm going to go in there and fucking get you," and she's like, "If I see your fucking ship show up in the hole here." I will shoot you myself. Get the fuck out. Yeah. And then she just starts firing out the hole to make her point. She's like, don't even get close. Just fucking leave. Just leave me in here. That's the end of this. I'm tied to the inside of this thing. I'm going down with the Star Destroyer. Speaking of going down with the Star Destroyer, uh, we, we now return to the bridge or the auxiliary bridge of the Star Destroyer where Trigget is being informed that the ship has lost full power and will be going down shortly. Yeah. Well, there it is losing power they're like oh someone's 
blowing our shit up and we've lost like a quarter of the power and it is slowly going down. We are fucked. And he's like, cool, cool. Thanks for the, uh, the note. Hey, Hey lady, I want to fuck. You want to get out of here? <laughs> yeah. He's like, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go down with the ship. She's like, no, we have to surrender now. This is the time to surrender. And he goes, no, uh, think about it this way. Yeah. The 35,000 crew on this thing, but they all need to die in service of, of what I am currently calling the empire, even though it isn't. Yeah. And, uh, I guess he's, re- he's reverting. So he actually does say, like, we have to die in service of the Empire. Uh, and no one and calls by, him out. By we, I mean everyone but, everyone but me, me and you. Yeah, because he's like, tell everyone to keep fighting. But certain people who are my friends have extra privileges. Can you fly a TIE Interceptor? And she's like, no, I never went to piloting school. Do you know how rare it is for someone to get pilot training? I know in Star Wars, it seems like everyone can pilot. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can pilot. Yeah, all the books are written about pilots and... Every Empire character we met that defected to the New Republic seems to have either been a spy or a pilot. Yeah. And she's like, I was a spy, not a pilot. So, oops, I can't do that. And he's like, oh, Oh, well, sucks to be you. Uh, Shame. (laughs) Well, I guess, uh, I guess all these guys will die and you can die too. He does tell her to go get on a shuttle and get out. And she's like, no, I think I'll go down with the ship instead. And I mean, as well, the fact that she's like, can't we just surrender? And he's like, no, for... While people might die here, if they get to keep this fucking thing, they'll just put another Star Destroyer into service for the New Republic and kill even more Empire people. I'm like, probably not. Mm, They've pretty much ruined this one. But also, even if they do, probably it'll just be used for, you know, defense and stuff like that. Like, maybe, I guess, if... It'll go after Zinge. Zinge. And... Considering, I guess you consider Zinge the new empire, even though Zinge doesn't consider himself the new empire. Yeah. Whatever, man. It's fine. You're you're definitely having a moment. He's definitely having a moment, because this book has gone to a a special length to distinguish the fact that none of these people are in the empire. Yeah. Because we had that one planet they had to go to that wasn't loyal to Zinge's group. It was loyal to the fucking empire, old school style. Yes. The one with the glass factory or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, So, yeah, this is a... It was no, it wasn't glass factory. It, it was, was the window it, factory. It, it, was, it was sick people planet. It was it was planet. It was the disease. Oh no, it, was, it yeah. wasn't sick people planet. It was, it was vacation planet. planet. Yeah, v- vacation planet with some Gamorians on it. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the name. For some reason, none of the planet store names, and all store and all. Thank you. None of the planet names in this book have stuck with me. That's fine. They don't need to. Star Wars has stupid alien names, and you don't need to know them. <laughs> it's all just made up horseshit. Yeah, we'll just call it like Glupadon or something. It's fine. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. It, she's like asshole and stomps off and then he goes and gets in his interceptors and leaves and will be resolved at the end of the, the of the of this chapter but he in the worst way possible like goes to leave and he's like hey uh everyone on the bridge because i just had a private conversation with the lady that i want to get down with uh tell everyone to keep fighting and also i'm gonna go to the auxiliary bridge because they're just in the foyer of the yeah. main bridge yeah he's like i'm gonna go to the actual auxiliary bridge to buy smokes and and then uh don't but don't tell them i'm coming don't don't tell them i'm gonna be i want to see how they're doing down there and i want everyone to be surprised don't let anyone know i'm leaving nope no no one and, and uh, when i come back i'll have lots of smokes for everyone i'll have a, i'll have presents for everybody mm-hmm. i'm getting you a new toy uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> and he just fucks off to his interceptor that has the big thing is he's got three interceptors him and two bodyguards basically yes but they have actual hyperdrives so 
it's not just I'm going to get in these and then also die because I can't go anywhere. These can at least get him out of here. And they have better shielding and everything, so they're slower than regular interceptors, which will be important later. Meanwhile, I guess we can follow Gara out through the rest of her storyline here. She goes stomping onto the bridge, watches everybody, uh, gets frustrated, and leaves to go to Trigget's private quarters, which she has hacked her way into having a code to enter. Yeah. And she is some kind of spy because she's like, oh, now I got to take off the wig that looks like the hair I used to have. And I'll take off the mole that looks like the mole that I used to have that got I got removed and then painted back on. Yeah. So she had like a, a cyber mole or something and she's she had like fake hair. And I, I can't tell if she's a New Republic spy because she mentions that there was a point in her life when she joined the New Republic. So we don't know if she's like a defector to Zinja's group or what. I have it's, no idea. It's some new intrigue is happening here as we reveal that she was never just Trigget's loyal whatever she was actually a spy implanted on his ship for mysterious reasons yeah definitely a plot point for another book we won't read Uh uh-huh and so she pulls from his room for some reason her her secret escape equipment which for some reason is lingerie made out of special moth silks yeah she's like ah here's here's my quick like escape go bag that i hid in his room where when i leave I'm going to take off all of my fake wigs and makeup and then put on sexy underwear and get into his private Double escape secret. pod. Yeah, his escape pod. That no one is supposed to know he has. Yeah, but it's it attaches to his bedroom, so you got to assume there's somebody who knows. There's got to be some technician whose job it is to service this thing occasionally. Oh, they service it. Yeah. But she's like, ah, screw all this. I'm leaving, and I guess I'll have to pick up a new way to do whatever my secret and clandestine mission was. But before she goes... Weirdly, she I have no idea bed. why. She fucking shoots up a bunch of drugs before she leaves. Yeah, that's another thing. Because I'm like, I don't know why you're doing that. Because before she leaves, she has to announce like, hey, everybody, uh, just Abandoned. so you know, this fucking ship is going down. Get out it. Yeah, so she calls her an abandoned ship over a general PA system. Most people on the ship don't know who she is, so they just hear a voice, and they're like, that can't be right. That's not who the only per- the only person on the ship who could give that order is Trigget, and that's not him. But, you know, a lot of people are dying on this thing, so there's a very real chance he's dead. Oh, yeah, they're like, oh, I'm sure that's probably whoever, like, fourth in command is, because I assume most people probably heard, oh, yeah, the bridge got blown up. So they're like, oh, whoever survived that is in charge now. Yeah. And she ha- she pulls out an injector full of some kind of drugs, and she's like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I guess I have to. And I- she's worried that if she does it, she won't have the wherewithal to get on the escape pod correctly and everything. So we don't know what that is. I assume she's putting herself into a coma or something for hyper travel or whatever. Or, you know, also, why would... And she's like, oh, I got to do this and then do the announcement and get on the pod. I'm like, why? Why don't you make the announcement, get into the pod, inject yourself, throw the fucking needle out, and then peace out. But whatever. Well, she needs the high to hit at the exact right moment. <laughs> right? It's like edibles. Right when Dark Side of the Moon really yeah, kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> well, shoot, I know I I know I have a Phil Collins song queued up in the in the escape pod, and I really want my high to kick in when that drum beat that drum solo happens. Right. I want about a minute into money. I want the, the drugs to hit. Dun 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 Money! Oh, yeah, oh, there oh, we shit, go. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so now she... it's time for me to just go make omelets in this escape pod <laughs> she gets high and fucks off and uh-huh. no one cares about a single escape pod that fires out of this because she's already given the general abandoned ship order which means a bunch of 
transports, escape pods, and things like that are going out. And most of the people that have weapons are like, oh, we're fighting against a fuck ton of TIE fighters. We don't care about an escape pod. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the outside of the ship, the TIE fighters are still engaging because there's no t- there's no Star Destroyer to go land in again anymore. Are still fighting like demons against all of our remaining members of Wraith Squadron, putting up a real fight. Notably, Face and Fainan are flying around doing a bunch of shooting themselves when Fainan gets the back half of his ship blown off from behind him. Uh, and as this happens, the an interceptor with a special red stripe on it flies by and gives him a little waggle. We see the waggle man. It's Waggleman. The waggler has returned. <laughs> Imperial Waggleman shows up. I wish they had mentioned the special red stripe last time because as soon as they mentioned it, I knew who this was. Oh. I was like, oh shit, I know who that is. I don't want to say it yet because it doesn't say it in the episode. It's a reveal towards the end of the the uh, chapter. Yes. But but uh, the moment that they, they were like, oh, it's got a special markings indicating it's got some red. I was like, it's the fucking Baron. <laughs> Uh, so what's he doing here? That's weird. But yeah, uh, he's an incredible interceptor pilot has blown out the back of Fainan's ship. Oh yeah. He's really blown out Fainan's back. (laughs) And on Face's orders, Fainan punches out and immediately gets tractored by the Nara. He's fine. Yeah. So sort of, he takes some pretty serious damage. Well, yeah, he loses his spleen. Luckily he's Fainan. He's already like half robot. It's just for him. It's just an extra battle scar. He's like, all right, great. I get a new robot part. Cool. Yeah. Fun. Uh, when Kel comes back from his little coward's journey and mm-hmm. he dives right into a bunch of TIE fighters that come in and he's just blowing through clouds of guys, we now get the cavalry shows up as Blue Squadron, the A-Wings that were on planet doing the whole run against the facility show up and they're like, hey, it's a good thing we're real fucking fast, huh? Yeah, we even get a return of, I don't remember their names because they said them in the last, that other chapter, yeah. but... But uh, Blue Nine and Ten, Blue Nine and Ten, Ke- uh, Kel's buddies from the first time we encountered the Implacable, uh, show up and are they briefly fly wing with him for a bit while they're flying around blowing shit up. Yeah, he has uh, Blue Nine comes and saves a, him shooting someone that was on his ass, and he's yeah. like, "Hey, what up, motherfucker? Blue Squad, A <laughs> hey, Wings, what up?" <laughs> and he's like, "Dude, I can't even argue right now. This rules." <laughs> And then he throws a little cover out for her, and she goes back to flying with Blue Ten again. So we get a little resurgence of that. And Crespin's here. He's flying in one of the A-Wings. Yep. So we get a little bit of a return to form from them. Uh, That's not enough to turn the tide, though, and those Y-Wings are staying down there doing the planetary raids. So it seems like this might be all the help they're going to... Oh, never mind. Here comes Rogue Squadron. Yep, because they're like, well, we're slower than A-Wings, but also we came here to fuck. Yeah. And they... Just murder bitches. They don't even say a name, but you know this is like the best people. This is Tycho and Hobie and all the other good Wraith Squadron pilots just murdering indiscriminately across. We, so everyone's so afraid of Wraith Squadron that the moment they show up, Wedge gets us on the comm and they're like, it's like, don't shoot TIE, tie fighters yet. Wait, hold on. It gives hey, them this hey please. Oh, for the love of God, <laughs> no. don't shoot unless you get the okay from your computer. Don't kill Jansen. <laughs> And I already killed six Jansons. <laughs> I've killed so many Jansons. I'm a Jansen ace. <laughs> uh, and they are just destroying everything. And like Kel is looking around like, God damn, these guys are good. Like, you know, we're named pilots in a fucking X-Wing book. So we're good. But he's like watching Rogue Squadron do their stuff. Makes us look like little children. I am appreciative of that because the whole point of Race Squadron isn't supposed to be that they're the next big best X-Wing squadron. No. They're commandos that can also fly X-Wings. Yeah. Their uh, whole point is that they do 
dumb trick bullshit like taking over the Nightcaller and sh- shit like that. Yeah, or planetary incursion stuff where the the uh, ro- the rogues are raw, unmitigated X-Wing talent. Yes. And so it's nice to see them show up and just be like, yeah, what's up? It's a bunch of TIE fighters and shit. We're going to mop the floor with them. And Kel eventually gets blasted to the point where he has to eject. And that's where we get his, oh, I'm going to lose 13. My droid. I wonder if droids feel yeah. pain. I don't care. Bye. Well, it's because he keeps asking 13 for help. This, by the way, is the first time we've ever heard fucking 13's name. A- and, uh, no, we know 13. Did we? I thought, I, I knew. We someone, know he's knew. 13 because he only gives 13 when you ask for a random number. Oh, remember? that's right. Yeah. Okay. I thought he was named 13 because he was the unofficial 13th member of the 12 person squadron, but you're right. He had a random error broken into him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he gets shot so that he can no longer operate the ship in any capacity. He loses all power. So he's reaching back to 13 being like, Hey, is there anything you can do? No. Okay, you, can, can you, you can you reach enough to restore even like one engine so I can put like landing gear down? No. Okay, well, I guess I have a foot pedal I can pump that makes it so my ejector seat works. By 13, I'm going to go. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like, how come there's not an ejector seat for that for that R2 unit? It's stuck on the outside of the ship for a reason. I assume it's so he can fall out if need be. Just mount a big comedy spring down there and boing him out. <laughs> It doesn't even need to be electrical. Yeah. Just put a little tiny parachute on this man uh-huh. and just go boop and pop his ass out. Thunk like a like a champagne cork. Yeah. Just thump this dude into space and let him be like, okay. Yeah, now I'm floating. Somebody come get me. Uh, it'll be fine. But no, he's like, no, all, all droids right, are like the space dog in Star Wars. <laughs> I like it a space dog. <laughs> I don't pay any taxes. Oh, oh. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Lord. Yeah, that was the early uh, <laughs> like. This is the second like of the Italian space program dog. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. The first dog to nap in space. <laughs> uh, so eventually, as the uh, implacable goes down and just absolutely crunches hard into the surface of the moon and mm-hmm. explodes almost gets the uh the nightcaller yeah because the, the nightcaller was just sitting under it shooting into its belly uh-huh and it was like oh gotta go <laughs> zips out of there and just barely escapes uh as this thing comes crunching down that's when wedge opens up a general channel to everybody is like hey uh hey hey you, tie you fighters you guys don't have a parking spot anymore do you want to surrender or just leave? He doesn't even suggest a surrender. Oh, yeah. He's just like, you guys can go. Like, if you want to go back to the planet and hang out, we're done, man. We, we are finished fighting. So, hey, if you want to just, it's not a surrender. It's a ceasefire. Go where you want. Just go. And the leader, surviving leader of the of the TIE fighters, whoever that is, is like. Some uh, captain. Some captain is like, what? Hell no. In our moment of glory. Uh, I think we can still win this. <laughs> I think you'll find that you're outnumbered, good chap. <laughs> To me, you look like so many beleaguered elephants. <laughs> and then, over the calm, comes fucking, I mean, we don't know yet, but whatever. It's Baron soon tear fell. Is like, hey, no, shut the fuck up. We yes, sure we, ac- we accept. Yeah. And the captain's like, how dare you? You don't speak for us. You're just here to watch what we're doing. And blah! <laughs> They're like, oh, that guy just blew up the captain. And yeah, then he comes like, back. Face is like, Sith spit. He just vaped his own guy. He's like, yeah, no, we accept. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there was a brief discretion or uh, discrepancy as to the chain of command. Okay, have a nice day. <laughs>
And Wedge is like, the fuck? The, gee, what? And, and someone else is like, what are you thinking about, Wedge? What's wrong with you? And he goes, that was fucking soon to your fell. He's the best TIE pilot there is. What is he doing here? Yeah. Why was he watching the TIE fighters on this thing? He had an opportunity to waggle and he took it. <laughs> they were like, hey man, you want to waggle at a guy? And he's like, baby, you know I want to waggle. <laughs> that motherfucker's so smooth. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. I think he's the, that that's the uh, the so-called Baron of the Empire. Now, soon tier fell. What is he doing here? We don't know. We also should mention that before she fucked off in the escape pod, she also uh, did uh, Pedithel give a little message over to the Nightcaller and all the X-Wings. And he was like, and just went, hey, uh, you may have noticed three interceptors flying away from the fight. Uh those are Trigget and his boys, and they have hyperdrive, so if you want to get them, go get them. Bye! Yeah, so all the other X-Wing, or uh, TIE Fighters, accept this ceasefire thing and just blast off in various directions. A lot of them go back to the planet. Yeah. Um, but three of them are making for open space. And and right away, you can see that some of our two surviving, not too fucked up, and still have some equipment left on them, ships going after them, and that is Mindonos. And General Aaron e- Crispin in his A-Wing. Yeah. Edon, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Crespin and Donos are both going because Crespin's like, you destroyed my fucking base. I hate you. And Donos is like, well, you killed my entire squad and now also my girlfriend. Yeah. There's a point where he, when the, uh, when the Star Destroyer comes crashing down, he comes, he straight up screams into the, into his comm system and everyone's like, oh, I recognize that. From the simulations, that's the scream of, oh, my entire squadron just died. It was nice of us to be able to program that thing into the simulation, too. <laughs> oh, that's that's the sound of ultimate suffering. My heart made that noise when my father died. <laughs> I believe the man in black makes it now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Princess Bride. <laughs> Princess Bride. It's a good movie. So yeah, he's, those two are heron after him. They're going after him, and you know, Wedge calls back and he's like, "Hey, just so you know, if he surrenders, you got to accept that." And Donus is like, "Yeah, if he gets to, if." <laughs> <laughs> and Donus is even like, "Hey, Wedge, tell fucking Crespin that I get first dibs." And Crespin's like. He can't tell a general anything. Yeah. Go fuck yourself, I love that pilot. part where he tries to contact him, and he doesn't even get back from Wedge. He gets back from like the the guy sitting next to Wedge on the ship who's like, Wedge isn't going to tell a general what to do. Because does, Donus doesn't even know that's Crespin. No, Crespin says that. No, He's no, like, no. This is, it all goes down like this. Hey, tell that tell the A-Wing to get out of my way, or, and I have dibs. And the uh, the third in command on the Nightcaller goes, yeah, Wedge isn't telling a general what to do. And then Crespin comes in and is like, yeah, son, the best thing you can do is follow me and shut up. <laughs> and he goes, okay, and just shuts up. He's like, yeah, I don't need to get into a fight about this right now. Because <laughs> Crespin's real mad, too. So he's go- the two of them are going hard after these two. When Crespin calls, fires up the radio and is like, hey, I'm giving you one chance to surrender, Trigget. And Trigget pops in all like, ooh, I think there's some discrepancy in your ability to count. There's three of us and two of you. Plus, they are... Mostly just like, well, if we can get out into, like, away from the gravity well of this moon, mm-hmm. we can just fuck off. No, we're, just, we're done. We got hyperdrive. We'll just leave. So we'll hit the bricks. But it won't work because A-wings are faster than interceptors in general. And these interceptors are larded down with, like, 
extra noble appeasing crap. So and well, and I mean, it's hyperdrives and shields. Yeah, bigger shields and hyperdrives. So so they're slower. It's slow enough that even the X wing is catching up. Yeah. So they know they can't make it. So right before there's a chance for for Crispin to get a lock, uh, the other two. Uh, TIE fighters veer or tier interceptors veer off and block the, the line of sight with one of them turning around to fly back and fight Crispin. Yeah. Who doesn't even change his uh, his arc. He's like, I'm going to fucking play turkey with this guy or chicken with this guy. No, I'm going to play turkey with this I'll guy. I'll play turkey. With, I'll, I'll play I'm Franks get, and Sacks with get, this dude. I'm going to get three strikes with this guy. <laughs> Me and this guy are going to play cornhole. <laughs> Me and this guy are going to play cornhorn. <laughs> Yeah, that's space cornhole. <laughs> yeah, certainly is. <laughs> the Exogorth. <laughs> Nature's cornhole. The Exogorth fucked a Star Destroyer. <laughs> so, so Donos is watching this whole thing happen, and he, there's even a moment where Donos, who is beside himself with rage because of losing Phelan as well, is like, oh, well, I guess if uh, that if that TIE fighter takes out Crestman, at least I'll have a clean line of sight. Well, that's mean. I shouldn't be thinking that. Okay, but he won't, though. Why isn't Crespin doing anything about the TIE well, yeah, because he's staying on the just, you know, collision course. He's like, yeah, Crespin isn't trying to die. Why is he staying on course? Okay. Oh, he has concussion missiles. He's going to just missile this motherfucker and the arc of fire on an A-Wing is great, so he's just going to move at the last second and try to shoot from there. Mm -hmm. All right, well, if he does that, then the line of fire from him is such that the other interceptor will have to try and get in the way and take the shot and that for means Trigget. Trigget will have to veer. He has two directions he could veer. One of them would put him into the arc of the, tie fi the, the interceptor, the other one away. And he just points his X-Wing towards where away is and waits. And he's like, I'm just going to shoot a missile at that. I'm not even going to bother for a target lock. I'm just going to wait until uh, Crespin does his fucking maneuver and then fire away and hope it gets him. Yeah, and sure enough, Crespin flies right at this other interceptor, fires his concussion missiles at the last second. Those are neat. I wish we had more stories about A-Wings. Yeah. Uh, blows that that uh, interceptor out of the way, and right as he does so, you get a brief moment of Triggett popping up on the comm and being like, uh, General Crespin... Maybe I was a little hasty. I would like to reconsider... And then he dies. And then the fucking missiles from Donos hit him, and he's like, ha ha! Go fuck yourself. <laughs> he didn't quite get a surrender out. Oops, I had already launched the missiles when that guy was like, maybe I don't do... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, because he'd been hauled via tractoring from the Nara from his space uh, ejection, uh, Kel gets thrown into the airlock of of the uh, Nightcaller and pulled aboard by Squeaky, yep. as we mentioned earlier in the episode. And Squeaky's like, "Great, yeah, come on over here. We got a big pile of you idiots." And takes him to where uh, all Atril is because she got tractored as well, so she's looking pretty fucked up. Yeah. And Fainan, who's also gone extravehicular and is pale and bloodless because he's lost his fucking spleen and even he's like hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hi i'm used to this and they're like yeah we lost grinder and phelan so that's who that's who's dead yeah so and, and, oh it is tyria all right yeah, yeah she, she's just, fine she doesn't have you, a speaking role there's nothing wrong with tyria she's fine oh god i would kill all of you if anything happened to tyria that's a weird thing to say. Oh, they, it's a good thing that your first reaction to two of your friends are dead is, is my girlfriend okay? <laughs> she yeah, I would have told you. <laughs> that would have been the first thing we'd tell you. <sighs> but that's the chapter. We, we then go to the epilogue chapter of sorts. Yeah, we get them down in uh, Borlaeus, the planet, not the ship that they had helped get out of Folor base. Uh -huh. Yep. And... 
Uh, Borlaus, they're Sexy at... Sexy beach planet. It's a Ryza. They're at the sweet-ass beaches of Borlaus, mm-hmm. and all of the various members of the squadrons are all hanging around in their skimpy-ass bathing suits. Cavorting and, hither and yon. And he's in a big, like... Red. Puff cot is he's, what they call it. Yeah, he's in a puff cot, which sounds like a disgusting fruit and not a, a nice bed. But he makes a big deal about how the bed's big enough for him and Tyria. And I'm like, I assume a lot of them have been. You guys have been doing it on the reg for a while now. <laughs> this has been mostly shower stuff. How are you doing this? Yeah, I'm, look, as <laughs> as someone who was like, yeah, I was in college. I had a tiny twin bed and I'm a large man. There's always room for a lady on there. <laughs> Don't you fret. <laughs> Life finds a way. <laughs> there is no worries. You will find a way to make this happen. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, ooh, and she's she's sexy and, and in a bikini and also still not saying any lines because she's fallen asleep on my shoulder. Yes, she's just done. And won't wake up when Akbar shows up to talk to me. Yeah. I think and the even best... when I salute him lying down, she's not going to stir. We get so much description here about how all the rest of the members of Wraith Squadron are out cavorting in the waves and so on in various skimpy suits. And immediately I was like, oh, please tell me about fucking uh, uh, Runt and Piggy. I want to hear about what's going on with those two right now. And feign him while I'm at it. I want to hear about him being like cyborged out in a bathing suit. Hell yeah. Like they always had to do with Archangel when they did the X-Men swimsuit editions. Oh yeah. Well, I, I was thinking more along the lines of Forge when they would do those because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, he's got a bunch of metal parts. Yeah, he's got metal parts and also a a, 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 a fella Speedo. So he's usually like working a super future grill in those. Yeah. Yeah. God, I haven't seen one of those in forever. That's that's a blast from the past. The X-Men swimsuit editions. Yeah, everybody loves when you see Colossus in a fucking Speedo and you're like, yeah, hang that metal dong. <laughs> the problem I can think of with those is that I feel like they were mostly Liefeld stuff. Because everyone had like impossible mid-90s X-Wings or X-Men spines. I mean, it wasn't all Liefeld stuff, but those particular issues were like, Oh, that's the style we're going for. Yeah. Everyone is large of boob and muscle and not of foot. Yeah, or of waist. Everyone's all incredibly wasp-waisted. Yeah, everyone looks like they are about to break. Yeah. They're one step closer to the edge. Yeah. Anyway, we're having our own swimsuit issue, but my favorite thing, he he describes some drinks, he describes how they've all had nice times, he says, we're all wearing bathing suits, Was of course, is its own adventure. Oh, yeah, Tyria in her skimpy bathing suit is my reward. And you're like, ugh, you're gross. Uh, I wish she had lines. <laughs> uh, I don't like you. But yeah, Akbar just comes stomping up from basically the ocean. I, I like to imagine he just emerged <laughs> just, from it. <laughs> this was the end. Just, my only yeah. friend. Just comes walking out like the pred- like a like a Terminator walking through a creek. But uh, but no, I think he walks up just because they're facing the beach. So he comes up and he's like, ah, there you are, Kel. I couldn't find you at the last important store and all or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I think I was avoiding you because you're... And he's like, because of my niece, right? Because of Jasmine? Because she died? Because of Jasmine? Right? Because she died? And he's like, yeah, I, I'm sorry. And he's like, why? I mean, I'm sad that she died away from the heart of her family and all that, but ultimately, it was good to know there were people like you out there trying like hell to save her. Yeah, I'm glad she died around her friends and loved ones. You know, also, I'm just glad family. she died. <laughs> Piece of shit, Jasmine. You don't know it, but Disappointment ooh, man, to the family. Real blackfish of the family. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Wrong color of fish. <laughs> the wrong fish died. <laughs> So yeah, he he just gets to be like, good job, you. And Kel has his inner monologue where he's like, yes, 
And now I know I'll never be scared of anything again. The part of me that was weak is dead now. Mm -hmm. Now I'm perfect. The part of me that was weak is Jasmine Akbar. (laughs) (laughs) When my X-Wing crashed and exploded on that moon, that was like when Jasmine died. Only it was the part of me that sucked. Like Jasmine. (laughs) And 13, who sucked. Uh, and then I guess Akbar just spins on his heel and walks right back into the ocean from whence he came. God, it would be so much better if that's what happened instead of no. him getting in a, in a fucking golf cart with Wedge. Yeah, he just goes and gets in a little speeder with Wedge and he's like, so why aren't you, you know, out there cavorting and hanging dong with the rest of your crew? And he's like, well, sir, I'm I'm an antique. I'm a fossil. I'm 28 years old. Ah, oh, they don't want to see my wrinkled ass out there. A 29-year-old in a bathing suit? Disgusting, sir. Disgusting. <laughs> I mean, I wish that's what he said, because of all the times we've done the ageism stuff in this, and it hasn't made a lick of sense. But instead, he's just like, I'm not even really a member of Wraith Squadron. Like, this was all my idea and everything, but I'm not one of them like I was with the rogues. Yeah, and he's like, oh, so you mean you're more like a commanding officer, more like a a general to them then. (laughs) (laughs) It's a trap I'm laying. It's like, no, but also can we please at least say that my experiment has succeeded? And he's like, no, dude, you got like two more months left on your probation. (laughs) I want to see if you fuck up. (laughs) You already lost three guys. And you've only got one replacement so far. Yeah, just Atrill. I can't wait. I, I mean, we'll never will know what they added. We'll the next never book. know. We'll never know. Maybe we'll discuss it in the wrap up or something. Maybe. And hey, that's a thing. We're going to do the wrap up episode after this. The next episode we do where we talk about the book in totality and any questions and concerns that might still be lingering. So if you want to ask us questions for the wrap up episode, you can Go to our Discord. You can easily find that. It is linked on our profile on Twitter. Uh You can get to it real quick and easy. And then uh, go into our Expounded Universe thread and use the hashtag Wraith. Wraith. Just use hashtag Wraith and ask us your questions. That's about a week from now when we're going to be doing that QA. So you've got a week to get those questions in. Yep. So, uh, so hurry, hurry, and get all your exciting questions in. It's unlikely we're going to... Actually, I can guarantee we're not doing the next book in this series right away. Maybe no. we'll come back to Wraith Squadron someday, but I have picked the next book, and that ain't it. Yep, and, and if you want to know what that is, you'll also have to show up for the next episode. That's right, because after the wrap-up episode where we discuss our overall view of this book and answer your questions, we do also preview the book to come. Yes. So, uh, so if you're excited about that, then check out the wrap-up episode coming soon. Otherwise, this book ends with... Very little fanfare. Wedge and, and Akbar drive back to the spaceport or whatever, and we get no check-in with Zinge or Gara or nothing. Nope. We don't know what the fuck happens to the villains, because that's for another day. Yeah, that's another book's problem. Yep. So, uh, as always, we will see you with more stuff coming up real soon in the Expanded Expounded Universe episode over on our Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash systemmastery. Mm-hmm, where if you're joining us at the $4 level, you will unlock not only ad-free versions of all of our shows, but also our bonus content for System Mastery and our Expanded Expounded Universe, in which John and I go to Wikipedia, find fun stories from Star Wars history to tell to each other and to you. It's a good time. It's a good cause because it keeps us able to do this show and it helps you stay busy at work. Everybody wins. Everybody's a winner. Step right up. Listen to Star Wars stuff. Look at the incredibly big horse. (laughs) Ah, runt the horseman. (laughs) Right this way. See Piggy, the incredible math pig. (laughs) 
<laughs> and Mathy, the incredible pig pig. <laughs> and the pig math. And horse the runt man. <laughs> oh, horse the runt man. <laughs> I think I saw them open for the Aquabats. <laughs> Oh, that does sound like a modern band because it's blank the blank. It is blank the blank. It Horse make... the Runt Man yeah. definitely hangs out with Portugal the Man. And Matthew the Big Pig. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much. We'll see you over on that Patreon if you are so inclined. Otherwise, rate and review on iTunes and Stitcher or whatever. And thank you for listening. I've been Elan Sleaze Bagano. And I have no more lines for the rest of this book. Thank you.